What's going on, guys? It's your man, DJ Steph Floss, here with episode eight of my Friends of the Program podcast. Yes, another quarantine podcast. I think today is like, I'm not really counting, but I think today is like day 50, 50 or so of me being, um, you know, quarantined, just like us all, well, just like we all should be. So, you know, this is my therapeutic way of dealing with the program, uh, excuse me, of dealing with the quarantine, uh, calling my friends and talking with them and letting you get to know uh, my friends a little better. Today, I have an amazing friend, an amazing guest. Her name is Sydney Michelle. She's a celebrity journalist, a celebrity reporter. She's doing some amazing things out there. And, um, you know, let's get right to it. I don't want to, you know, hold you guys. Hopefully, I don't have any problems with this calling today. Oh, yeah. Very smooth. Very smooth. Hello? Okay, Sydney, there we go. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We back? Are you ready? Yeah, we are back. For for everyone tuning in right now, we had a little technical uh, difficulties the first time I called Sydney. I was on, you know what? I was actually stealing the neighbor's Wi-Fi. I didn't mean to. I, I have my own Wi-Fi, but, <laughs> but for, for some reason, their Wi-Fi was hooked up to mine, so that connection was uh, pretty bad, and I was definitely ready to blame it on you. But anyway, how are you? How you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, just trying to keep myself entertained and make it through this as best as possible. How you holding up? I'm great. You know, dealing with this uh, quarantine, maintaining like us all. So, are you are you quarantining in um in New York right now, or where are you at? So I was in New York um, to start. Funny story, and then I ended up having a uh, influencer trip to Antigua. Which You're so almost fancy. got canceled. Which almost got canceled. It was literally like when coronavirus hit. That's exactly when our trip was, and it didn't go as planned. But we ended up going there and making a bunch of great content for um, Women's History Month. Nice. So from there, I instead of flying back to New York City, I actually flew to uh, North Carolina to wait this thing out with my mom. So that's where I'm here now with mom and keeping each other company, trying not to drive each other crazy. <laughs> okay, so you're you're with mom, you're taking care of mom. It's not like a bunch of you guys, you're not doing like quarantine radio and you're not having like a bunch no, of friends no, over there partying and a drink. Okay, all right. No, it's, it's fun as that seems. Um, the most party we have over here is some wine and uh, <laughs> the, the baby face and Teddy Riley uh, versus battle. So that's oh. as fun as we get over here. Well, that's a good but, time. Yeah, it's a good time. It's not as fun as quarantine radio, but it's a good time. <laughs> well, you and your mom, you're over there. You know, you say you're sipping on wine. You're, um, you're doing the uh, Teddy Riley baby face thing. This is what I like to do to start off my, um, okay. my, my, you know, the program, I like to do like a little icebreaker, you know, get to know you and, you know, just ask a couple questions, like five questions, very, very random questions. Um, so don't laugh okay. at them, just answer them. And then we'll okay. get all okay. into, you know, letting the world know and my world know more about Sydney Michelle. All right. First off, who is okay. your, who is your favorite couple on 90 day fiance? <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh man! So you don't do watch. hate me. You do watch it, right? Oh, I no. don't. Oh I don't God! Watch. But my best friend is a fanatic, and she's been trying to um, get me into it. And I think <clears throat> it's like her favorite is the this really big white guy, Big Ed, and 
Yeah, I don't know his name, but she always talks about him, and I think he dates, like, I don't know. But that's, she always She's talks Asian. about him, and she sent me pictures. So She's, what's his name? His name is Ed. Does he have, like, disgusting, like, slick, long black hair? Yes, yeah, slick uh, to the back, has yeah. really, like, a couple double chins. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's actually my favorite. That's my favorite couple as well. Shout out to Big Ed and Rose. It's something Shout to... Shout out to Big Ed. And I actually saw a picture of him on Twitter in from the 90s, and he was actually kind of, like, good-looking. And I was just oh. like, okay, I see you. I see you. Had a little throwback Thursday picture. I wasn't too mad at it. But. Shout out to... Hopefully he finds love. Yeah, I know, because Rose, by the way, everyone fronts on Big Ed, but Rose is like, she's kind of trash. But, you know, I'm not here to, you know, disrespect anybody. But, like, let's let's stop disrespecting Big Ed, guys. I mean, she Rose had yeah. that man sleeping in the projects. But, but all right, that's not, that's, <laughs> that, that's not, that's neither here nor there. What's your favorite album to listen to on a long drive? <clears throat> hmm. On a long drive, I think think well well first of all long drive is different for you because you live in new york so on a yeah on a Um, decent drive but yeah driving driving anywhere i think it would probably be um let's say good kid mad city okay classic um yes because when i was learning to drive i had that that uh cb in my car rotation and I literally would just listen to it while I was practicing and um it just stuck in my head and to this date I think it's Kendrick's best album so I will have to go with that one well you know I mean your your family your mom's in North Carolina right now I could call you a New Yorker right you're you I mean absolutely absolutely you're a New Yorker right so you're one yeah we're from Brooklyn you're one of the few New Yorkers that I know that actually know how to drive so kudos to you (laughs) Uh, yo, do you oh, put the jokes never stop? But never. you know what? Kudos I to you. If you learn how to drive in New York, you can drive anywhere. Yeah, you guys are so egocentric. You think everything is just so much better in New York. It's like, all right, you can drive anywhere. You can drive anywhere. Anyway, sugar, sugar and grits. Do you put sugar and grits or salt and butter and grits? Um, I do a little bit of both. Actually, what are you talking um, about? That is disgusting. Yeah, I, I know. Both I know at the I'm same time. From this, I know, especially for my down south people. But yeah, I like like that salty sweet mix. That's uh, like my thing. You are disgusting. I didn't know this. Oh my <laughs> god! All right, yeah. What's yeah? <laughs> what's one thing that you regret not doing as a child? Like when you're like you remember when you're like eight. 10 years old or something right. like that. What's one thing that right. you regret not doing? It doesn't have to be very serious. You don't have to be like, I, I regret not winning a Nobel Peace Prize, but anything that you regret not yeah. doing as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I regret um, not sticking with the violin because I used to play the violin um, in my elementary school. You had to either play, you had to do something, you know, uh, an activity. So you could had to play a sport or uh did play an instrument so I picked up the violin and I was really really good and I wish I would have kept with that because you know like grown uh violin players who can play you know like hip-hop tunes they're very like hot and it's like a hot commodity shout out to violin bae 
Right. Shout out to Violin Bay. And she's so beautiful and amazing. And I just watch her in awe. And I'm like, damn, that could have been me. You're, you're, you're good. By the way, shout out to Violin Bay. I met Violin Bay at this day party. What's that What's that spot out? You're in Brooklyn. It, it they never had um they never had like hip hop shows there until Drake had his day party there and I was I actually had the pleasure of being one of the DJs on that thing it's like Brooklyn it's awesome. huge no it's huge you know what it's what is it called it's like a big rave club but it's outside and it just got popping yeah like, I'm thinking it's um Brooklyn Mirage Mirage Brooklyn like Mirage so yeah. I'm, I met Vi- yeah. Vi- I met Violin Bay. At the Brooklyn Mirage. So shout out to Violin Bay. I saw her. Shout out to her. She's amazing. I had one of those, like, one of those wax celebrity moments where I was looking like, hold on, I know you from somewhere. Who is, I'm like, oh, that's Violin Bay. So we got to talk and she was pretty cool. So, you know, but you're you're doing fine in your own right. Trust me. You're doing, you're doing fine. If you had to choose between a condo, (laughs) last one, if you had to choose between a condo and a house, um, what would it, what would it be? Excuse me. I would say that's a tough one because I'm not like a huge house person. Um, like eventually when I'm big rich, you know, I, I don't need a, a, a double mansion, but a <laughs> mini mansion with like, I'm big on outside. So I love to be outside, like on balconies, on rooftops and backyards. Oh, like, yes, I love, I love it. I love outside. it. So I think if the condo had an outside area, I totally would do that. And definitely a house, you know, cause they usually always come with backyards, but yeah. um, let's say, let's say a house for all, all intents and purposes. You you said all of that, big up a condo to say, just to say house. No, your answer is definitely. Condo. I know, but it's, it's so funny. Cause I, I'm always like, I don't know. Like I would love to live in a condo, but it's just like I need that outside aspect. Like I don't need a huge house. Like I just need something for my family for me to be comfortable in. Right. Um, but I need that outside aspect, and sometimes condos don't have that. So. Very true, very true. I I, I feel the same way about you. I love condos, but it's like as you get older, you start, and then it's peer pressure. People are like, "You need a house. You want a family. You got a house." You, and I'm like, "Yeah, but like, yeah. I, we can't can't I just get a bankroll enough to where I could just." Have the biggest condo and the dopest condo, uh, but you know, right. it is exactly. it, it is what it. But I it's peer pressure to get houses. So um, I I like to tell everyone you know that's tuning in how I met my friends um, of this program. So uh, basically, mm-hmm. I don't even know if you remember this. So I was I someone booked me to DJ a random party in New York on like a um, a Tuesday or Wednesday night. And the reason was mm-hmm. because I was flying to New York City. I was traveling with the Cavs, um, and they had a, a mm-hmm. game against the Knicks. And I ended up DJing this party. Party was crazy dope. It was at some random place. But I guess mm-hmm. that night I was DJing was um, you guys' body roll party. That yeah, same night. It was like girl. some <laughs> very random. So I had new... At the time, I had new Raven. Me and Raven were cool, but then mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that night that night, um, oh, and then of course Kayla. I had met uh, I had new Kayla from Game Seven, and um, mm-hmm. and then I met you that night. I met my girl Ramya. Shout out to Ramya, love Ramya to death. And I met so many other like dope women that are still in my life tonight. Uh, excuse me, today yeah. that night at that party. So that's where you probably yeah. don't even do you remember that? Tell the truth. No, of course I remember that. I remember okay. that. I remember that very vividly, actually. Um, for those who don't know, Body Roll is a party that um, my big sister Kayla 
and Mel and Annie. Um, shout out to them. They created. Oh yeah! Shout out to like, Mel. I love Mel. Yeah, shout out Mel to Mel. took me on tour. To she took shout me on tour. Okay. Um, and they're all three amazing women who work in music. Um, literally, uh, I think Mel's with Title now. Title. Yeah, she's. Um, yep, she's with Title. Yeah, Annie's with uh, Mass Appeal, and Kay is over there at. Um, Capital. Capital. And they are all amazing women who work in the industry but still value um, a good time and really like like minded work industry people coming together and just really having a good time. Like no, you know, sush stuff, no one's, you know, has an ego or anything. Everyone just comes and lets their hair down and have a good time. So that's kinda how body roll started. And then I came on and just to help with like the promotion and getting the word out um, to my you know, my fan base and, and my friends in New York City. And it really just became a movement where people like, like I said, like-minded people in the industry. And it's literally like celebs, uh, Such influencers, a regular New York people. Everyone literally came together and it was no, you know, like judgment or anything like that. Sometimes, you know, we would we would look down on phones and stuff. Just so everyone <laughs> can have a good time. As you should. As yeah, you should. and it's just... It just became a great uh, movement, and we ended up doing it twice a month for a long time. And then um, everybody, Kayla, Mel, and Andy, Annie, ended up moving out to L.A. So we did our first one in L.A. Uh, for Kayla's 30th birthday. So it's a good time, man, and I'm so glad that you, you were able to come and rock with us and, and DJ we love having like friends that are uh, DJs at spin. So like between you, Miss Nicks, um, a bunch of other people, uh, we, we really love it. And again, thank you for holding it down. That was a for great sure. night. That uh, was when we, we first started too. That I remember like, that. Yeah. I can't even remember where it was. I remember that, it was, was, it was definitely in the winter because I remember Ramya had on and, uh, and um, Raven had on like these super long, like mink, maybe mink coats. It was just like, yeah. it was very, very extra, but it was so dope. And I was like, yo, this yeah. party is like, this is crazy. Pack for the women, time. cool people, yeah. everybody's dancing and all of that. So that's how we met. And um, now today yeah. you're this amazing celebrity journalist and um, and reporter. You're doing, you're, you're definitely doing, you think I keep up with you, even if you don't think I am. Um, I just saw the press junket. Um, the most recent one that you did, but give the people a little of your background. Um, you're, you're a graduate of HU. Which HU is that? Is that the real HU, which is Hampton University? Oh, or or how? No, no. Not, not that at all. <laughs> <laughs> not that at all. Excuse I me. mean, there's only one HU. There's the HI, but there's only one HU, okay. and that is the illustrious Howard University. Shout out to Howard. Um, graduated, had a uh, journalism degree, broadcast journalism degree. Um, I interned my senior year in college um, with the source for about two years. Ended up becoming a on-screen personality for the source. Um, while I was there, I was able to knock out some like a currency interview. Um, so we can afford twenty today. That was like, ah, wow. Four twenty interview. Yeah, shout we out did to, a four twenty interview. Currency. That was like one of my <laughs> that was one of my first big ones. So shout out to Currency. Shout out to Spitter on that. Did you smoke um, with him though? Did you smoke did. with him while you were doing the interview? See, it's it's so funny because um, because you did. I literally just posted this. 
I posted this to my story and where it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for um, marijuana and cannabis and um, within, you know, regulation and everything. So I was interviewing him and I, he went to extend the J to me. And before I went to accept it, I turned around and looked over my shoulder and there was my boss staring at me. And like, this was, this was before not. This was so. before all of this stuff. This was before it's been like yes. regulated and things like that. Yes, this is when it was it was a little more looked down upon. So I, I looked over at my boss and he's looking at me and he's like, Sydney, you better not. And I'm like, yeah, this is currency though. This is currency. That's like turning down a J from Wiz Khalifa. Like, right, it is. It's it it the same thing. It's the exact it, same it was, thing. Right. These are like the godfathers of just the weed culture and weed and music culture. So I didn't, unfortunately at that time but he did slip me a j um of his line his his brand and his line of weed that i was able to enjoy later so definitely shout out to currency for shout that shout out to currency um, <laughs> shout out to currency but yeah so from the source um i went to forbes and i started there as a editorial assistant um, and then my senior editor, Zach Greenberg, who's an amazing um, entertainment journalist, he kind of uh, checked me out, checked out my resume, checked out my, my history at the source and, you know, just being in the culture. And he's like, hey, you know, do you want to uh, start reporting for the entertainment um, the entertainment sector here at Forbes? And I was like, hey, yeah, I want to do that. Oh, nice. So um, I kind of had to split my duties between um, being an editorial assistant um, to the CEO at that time and being a journalist. Um, but there I was able to become the first uh, woman of color and black woman to report on camera there ever, which is crazy wow. if you think about it because this, yeah, it's crazy if you think about it. I mean, I'm, I'm very much proud of myself for uh, crossing that off my list and breaking down those barriers. But it was in um, 2016, and it's wow. crazy to me that I look back and think that they've never had a black woman or woman of color on camera there before me reporting about our culture and our music and right. our entertainment. So um, have they had some I was, since? I was, I, I, yes, since then okay. um, right, I perfect. was able to. Yes, definitely, I was able to kind of my during I was there for almost two years, and I was able to kind of diversify uh the face especially of the entertainment and music uh verticals which i was very proud of um, you. but yeah uh from there geez where'd i go okay from there i was offered a anchoring position at complex um and they were starting a new uh entertainment and business mixed vertical called complex hustle and that's basically where we dove into the ins and outs of the business of the entertainment industry. So I was kind of able to use my Forbes background um, with business and music and business and entertainment and bring that to complex. And there we, you know, would interview Diddy, you know, when he had a new campaign or when LeBron James did a collaboration with whoever um, we would interview like the designer and LeBron and kind of get like the back end of the business story. So that was cool. Um, I ended up staying at Complex for almost a year. Um, and then I left Complex and I've been 
freelancing ever since. I like to call it working for myself because I hate the word freelancing. But <laughs> um, I, I would like to say that I've been working for myself. And honestly, um, Forbes and Complex and even The Source taught me so much. And I learned and I gained so much. And I'm very thankful to those uh, establishments for, you know, all the lessons that I've learned but um, working for myself slash freelancing, I have been able to secure some of the biggest interviews um, outside of those those big powerhouses. So um, it's been a journey, but it's definitely been an uphill journey, um, you know, just trying to find my place in this world and in, in the media game. And like I said, I was just able to leverage those relationships to you know, interview 50 Cent and interview The Rock and interview Eddie Murphy. Um, and now, so and now you're, a- and now you're getting interviewed. You see how that works? Yes. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now I'm getting interviewed and it's kind of like weird for me. Um, I, I just got off the phone yesterday with a reporter from Essence who wants to do a story. I mean, it's just so weird because it's like I talk to people about themselves and about right. their accomplishments and everything they got going on. And it's like weird for me sometimes to talk about myself. Like even with you, it's kind of a little bit more natural because I know you. And, right, and, right, right. You know, we're not. That's the point of this. That's the point of this. Right, exactly. So, you know, you're the homie, so it's easy for me to talk about these things. But just with people I don't know, it's like, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to come off too, like, you know, it's just kind of nerve-wracking because I'm used to talking and asking people about their lives, and I'm very comfortable with that. Like, I'm very comfortable with talking to people. People usually open up to me, especially when I'm sitting in front of them, um, you know, like these legends, um, Eddie Murphy, The Rock, like I said, 50 Cent. I always kind of get smiles and warmth and everything out of them. Um, and I enjoy doing that. I enjoy telling stories. I enjoy telling people stories, but telling my own, I'm like, <laughs> well, nah. well, you're, well, you're doing a great job so far and you're doing a great job with you, um, with what you're doing, um, in journalism and reporting. What I like most about what you said is, um, basically you've paved the way for, um, more women of color for yourself at Forbes. So, um, not for anything else. Um, at the end of the day, you will have left your legacy with Forbes in some shape, form, or fashion. So that is amazing. So congratulations. And um, that's very dope of you doing that. Now, as far as journalism, um, I know, you know, when it came when it comes to you know people you know formulating what they want to do for a career, it's usually around like mm-hmm. high high school or maybe their freshman year in college. When did you decide mm-hmm. you wanted to be a journalist, or was this something that you were watching when you were like mad young and you know watched like the, yeah. the t- Today Show or how did this come about? Right. You know, and art. Wait, and yeah. were you were you born in Brooklyn? Um, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. I'm from Jersey, okay. but we grew up in Brooklyn. My dad's entire side of the family is from Brooklyn. Every holiday, Christmas, summer, that's where okay. we were in bed. So, so shout out to Brooklyn. Young girl in Brooklyn, how like how do you get into journalism? Yeah. And at what age did you decide, you know, that's what I, I want to talk to people and get yeah. to know people more? Yeah, well, I think, um, well, growing up, it's funny because um, I'm down here with my mom and we were just talking about that. We, I literally, they would um, have, like, the Today Show um, on every morning. And then at night, we would watch, um, you know, Brian Williams, or we would watch, like, BT News just to get some of, like, our cultural news and see black faces. So right. shout out to my parents for definitely putting me on that early. And I've always said, like, 
you know, I would love to, I, I would always was a storyteller. So it's like my friends would come to me like for, you know, different stories about, you know, I, that I would watch on the news and, and, and things like that. So when I got to high school, um, the public high school in the area that I lived in wasn't the best. So my parents sent me to um, a Catholic school and, but this was a a more diverse Catholic school. Um, not too diverse, but more diverse than, than one would think. Um, so there, um, I just, you know, joined with a lot of the other African-American and people of color. Um, and we launched um, our own African-American group, um, African-American club. And I was like the vice president. And from there, hold on, I hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Was it called African American Club? Please don't say yes. It was. Y'all couldn't think of. Hold on. Y'all, y'all can. Y'all. All of that it, brain work. We had to make it align. Oh my! All of that brain power in there, and the the name that y'all came up with, African American Club. I'm trying to tell you every idea that we came up with, mind you, don't forget, we went to a Catholic school. So every idea we came up with, we legit had nuns that were in power. Like our principal was our nun, our vice principal was a nun. They were sisters. So we went to Sister Donna. We're like, yo, can we name the club this? Nope. Oh, can we name the club this? Nope. They're like, oh. So we literally had nothing else. So we looked at the other club. They had Asian American club and Hispanic American club. So we were like, you know what? We don't have to be African American African American because this is not messing with us. She really oh, was man. not messing with us. Yeah. So that was that wasn't by choice. Trust me. But um, so from there, we noticed. Um, my friend and I noticed that we, uh, you know, like the art club and the sports club, they all had these newsletters and like tangible editorial pieces that, you know, you could trace back to the club that people part of the club can take home. They could show their parents, they can do this and that. So we launched a newsletter called Silk Portrait, the first ever um, entertainment and arts newsletter in our school. And that's kind of where I, really found my calling and I'm like there's no reason why you know we have all these amazing still in high school but still like super talented um, photographers writers like fashion designers and we literally opened up our newsletter to anyone in the creative space who wanted just to get their designs out there or just wanted something tangible that they could take home and show their parents or show their friends um, so we launched it and it was called Silk Portrait and um, it was dope. Um, we had, you know, like literally photographers would, would put their pictures in our newsletter um, and, and designers would put pictures of their designs. And then we had people in poetry write, you know, things about the African-American or, uh, or of color experience within a Catholic high school, which at that time, oh, nice. it was a little it was a little rough because uh, Obama was running for president and first term. And um, we really went through it as the oh, people right, there. Right, right. Yeah. So that, that was like imagine. our outlet. Yeah, that was our outlet. And in a space where we didn't have any sort of outlet. So that was um, kind of like my first calling, I guess. So and shout then out from to there, the African American Club. <laughs> to the African American Club. And from there, um, you know, I went on to Howard and just got involved in like the fashion and entertainment scene there and the newspaper and things like that. And that's kind of how it like kicked off for me, I think I would say. 
So you mentioned um the Today Show. So who's on? The, is that the show Gail is on? I, I get my morning shows mixed up. There's Today. There's Good Morning America, and then you got your local. Yeah. Which, which one is Gail? Because I don't, I try not to watch mainstream stuff anymore. Like, oh, I like God. Um, I know it started me off, but it's just like, no, no, I understand. No, I know. So it's, but it's, don't get me wrong. I would definitely put, like, if I had a child or like a, a young girl coming up, I would definitely have them. You got to have all different aspects. Right, right, right. Like, shout out to my parents. You know, they had me watching the Today Show, but they also would have me watch BT Nightly News. Right, right, right. It was a variation of both, but. Um, yeah, those big morning shows kind of like just captured me. Um, and then, you know, you would, they would have the artists come and perform. So that would like intrigue my music interest. So well, yeah, I, asked, that's, that's... I, I asked about that because I had a question I wanted to ask you about Gail. And this is because mm-hmm. I haven't really been able to speak with anyone that's in the journalism or the reporting field about this right. as of yet. So we are right. no Gail. Gail did the interview with, um, with, uh, R Kelly and that, so you know, lovely. it, it yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. First, R. Kelly, and it went crazy. Like the black community, okay. that that you know, right. that's totally against R. Kelly. They loved it. So Gail was like on right. t- on ten. It, I mean, you know, for us, right. she was like on ten. Then she came and yeah. did the interview with um, you know, Lisa Leslie, like right after right. Um, the passing of Kobe Bryant, and you know, the questions that that right. were aired that she asked and all of that. And then like a lot of people were like, "Yo, you're bugging. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why would you do this now?" I'm a yeah. civilian. You're not. As a journalist, mm-hmm. as a reporter, where do you stand mm-hmm. on um, how she handled that interview and, um, and you know, our reaction our, for people that are not journalists? How do you feel about our reactions towards how sh- that was um, portrayed to us? Yeah, well, I have mixed feelings, I would say. And again, um, I think Gail is an amazing woman. Um, but to be honest, she's a personality. She doesn't have any type of training okay. or a degree in journalism or anything like that. She's a personality. She's Oprah's best friend. Doesn't take away from what she does. I think she's an amazing per- personality, and people like talking to her. They feel comfortable with opening up and talking to her. So definitely shout out to Gail. Um, I definitely can never take anything away from her. However, right. that interview... Um, I'm not going to say she was wrong in asking those questions, but as a journalist, you have to be very um, attentive to the time and the, right. and the timing of things. So, yes, this is an interview that was right after the passing of Kobe Bryant, and she, um, you know, very rightfully had to tell. As a journalist, you can't omit certain things um, just because they're not so pleasant. So, again, there was a point in in Kobe Bryant's life that he did go through that scandal. Um, and whatever the outcome was, you know, he made it through it. Um, now, I think that the way she, some of the questions, the way they were propositioned and, and, and the way she asked it in a time that people are so sensitive because this amazing man just untimely, had an untimely death, right. I do think it was slightly insensitive and again i'm not saying she's wrong for asking those questions but the timing mixed with how she said it yeah was insensitive yo it was so i I remember seeing the um i saw the clip and i was like yo what the like why would she do that like like for like that whole day then the next day i'm like yo she was bugging and then i saw her in i saw her interview 
And I was like, yo, she's still bugging, but she was like, you know, they released a certain point, uh, a part of it. So I was like, well, exactly. you know, let me give her the exactly. benefit. Of it. Let me go and look. Then I saw it again. And right. I was like, nah, she was bugging. She didn't have to really like, yeah. you know, even I, like, I mean, again, I don't, <laughs> right. I don't think she had any will and ill intention. Right. right. Um, I'm, I've known that, you know, both Kobe Bryant has, has spoken with Oprah and he's done things with Oprah. So I know he, you know, she probably knew him. I don't think she had ill intentions. I don't think she was trying to smear his um, reputation or his legacy. I don't think any of that, because at the end of the day, that's the black woman. And as black women, we recognize when we have strong, amazing, powerful black men, such as Kobe and Kobe was a legend and he was amazing. And he was, literally um you know in the aspects of black fathers and black and black husbands um he was a decent example of that minus the scandal clearly yes, but he was. um yeah he 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 was a good guy and he 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 from the people that knew him and the people that would speak with him they always said they got good energy they always said they they felt positive about his person and and so that's what i'm saying again as a journalist you can't omit certain things because right. it's 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 uh, unpleasant to talk about. However, at a time where such an iconic person in our culture has just passed, you have to be very careful in what you ask and how you ask it. So I think she did fail in those two aspects, but for her to receive the hate and the death threats Oh, all that, <laughs> that was wild. It was completely ridiculous. It, completely it was so, ridiculous. I think everybody and was love, just reacting off emotion. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, it's, it's so much emotion. It was tied so emotional. Kobe Bryant's passing. It's yeah, so much and it's emotion. Like, even me, like, I, I love Kobe Bryant. I played basketball coming up, and I was even mad at her. I'm like, come on, sis. Like, now you knew better. Right, 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 to right, say right. this this way or to bring this up in such a sensitive time, um, but yeah, you know was... she she for her to receive the crazy backlash that she did, and I'm glad we've all loved Uncle Snoop. I'm glad, so glad he apologized, um, and I'm glad that people you know came around to apologize to really like not try and get her this woman out of here, um, and you know I I do. It's just a tough situation, man, because it's like on, on one side, you see her, you see her hurt, you see, you know, how it affected Oprah and, and everyone. But on the flip side, you also can see how something like that, especially on national TV, can affect Kobe Bryant's children and his children, wife. Children, his wife, and yeah, and like family that. members. Right, and things. exactly. Yeah. In such a sensitive time. So, again, do I think she had ill will? Do I think she was trying to tarnish the legacy of this man? Not at all. Do I think she was insensitive and it was bad timing? I do. Very much so. Now, I'm not saying this is the case with uh, with with Gail and Kobe, but have you ever had to um, interview someone or, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, not not even just be around, but have you ever had, interview, had to interview someone that you may not have already had such a positive opinion on or basically every interview that you've went in so far has been, like, pretty good, like you've liked the person on some level? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was one. I'm not gonna say who because we come around to <laughs> have an understanding. So how do you how do you balance that? How do you balance your like your opinion on that person, um, and right. like with actual facts or doing your job well? You know, in right. people seeing that there's no issue right there. 
Because sometimes yeah, people you can see stuff have... written all over people's faces. Right. And and that's with, a, especially on the on-camera journalist, which is a majority of where my work lies. Um, you have to, one, have a poker face. And two, you have to take your bias out of it. So said rapper, I was set to interview. <laughs> um, I had heard that he always has an attitude and he's always late. So two, I we're on set, ready for him. Sure enough, two, three hours go by, still not there. Wow. My, my producer, my lead producer texts me and she's like, Sydney Lee, like, we don't wait. Like, especially this is a time I was at Complex, too. They're like, we're not waiting. And I'm just like, damn, like, I really wanted to have this great interview with him to prove these, like, things, these, these ideas that people have with him wrong. <laughs> right. Total um, misconception. Sure <laughs> right. And prove is a misconception, but unfortunately it wasn't. <laughs> so he, as we're leaving, as my camera crew is packing up, he comes in. And, of course, it's complex, so he wants to look. He's like, nah, like, y'all just stay, da 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 um, you know, uh, just wait until I finish smoking my, my J's, and then <laughs> we can start. And I said, sir, you are three hours late. And my producer <laughs> just told me to get out of there now. So I'm trying to do this thing with you, but there's no way I'm waiting 30 to 45 minutes for you to roll up, right, smoke, right. get yourself together, so uh, his team asked if he can smoke on camera. And usually it's fine with Complex that you can smoke on cam camera. But this was for a branded content piece. Right. Branded content means it's with another brand, not just Complex, and they will run this on their medium. And All right, give us an example. Company, give us an example uh, of what you mean for people who don't know. Yeah, like a, 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 a Complex and Pepsi uh, or a complex in Mountain Dew or okay. a complex in, in like Foot Locker, something like that. <clears throat> okay, cool. That's a branded content piece. So not only will complex run this footage, but these other companies will. Now, these other companies are not as liberal as complex is. So, sir, no, you cannot right. on camera. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a whole problem for that whole problem. But you know what? Eventually, we got through the interview. You know, um, he's from D.C. I dropped the whole Howard bomb, and that kind of brought the interview back to okay. good standing. See, so you, you're good. You know what you're doing. What you're given, taking lemons and making lemonade. But as annoyed as I was, I knew I'm like Sydney. Keep your poker face. Like, just as you're tired. They don't got no food on set. Like, <laughs> have you had to like have this, you have you had to interview him again? I have not, but I saw him at an event and he dapped me up and it's all good. It's it's all cool. Um I continue to hear this idea about him, unfortunately. But all that matters <laughs> is me we are cool now and you know, maybe down the line, maybe I'll be, we can tell the story together and I'll be able to really tell him how I felt. Maybe y'all, <laughs> maybe y'all um, can do that on the, on the next candid interview that you have yes, with him. That'd on be the next dope. show, I, I will, between you and I, I'll text you and I'll let you know who he is. And, and, and when you get him on the show, then, then I'll call him like, hey, 
You remember you really made my life some hell that day. Oh, like, oh my God, that would be amazing. Yeah. Now, back, backtracking, yeah. backtracking what you did with Forbes as the uh, first um, woman of color. Is it is it woman of color or were you the first African-American woman? Because there is, you know. Both. Well, a, both. Okay, well, you were both. black woman and, and woman of color, period, uh, to report on camera. All right, so um, backtracking to that, uh, how do you think the... Um, what do you think of the representation of women of color in today's like journalists and reporter world? Yeah, well, I definitely think uh, today as in 2020, it's a lot more of us and I'm glad to see that. Um, I mean, I remember a time where I would look on like e-news and like all the pop culture news uh, outlets programs on TV. And I always used to say like, I never, excuse me, I never would, see you know someone that even looks slightly like me on those tv programs and now you have like uh do you uh, remember aisha tyler remember aisha i just remember aisha tyler from being on what was it called talk soup or something like that yeah i remember her and that's what i'm saying as time went on you started to see more um you have sib who's on e you have miss gossip uh miss gossip you yes. know what? I'm gonna get yes. Nina on here. I think she's gonna be my next guest. I love Nina. She's amazing. Yes, like, please like, do. She is she, amazing. And for her and Sib and everyone to kind of infiltrate that whole e news program, where I remember, like in high school, we didn't see not one black face. Right. Um, and then you have people like AJ Calloway, who literally went from like 106 and Park being one of the best hosts on 106 and Park to Access Hollywood. Right. He's also a Howard grad, so I, I was really happy to see him on like, you know, like Channel 7 and um, big daytime uh, news entertainment programs. So I'm definitely happy with the progression that the industry has made in terms of seeing more cases like us. What I would like to see more is. Um, I would just like to see more of that and I would like to see more of it on, um, you know, more conservative programs. Um, I love Angela Rye and I love seeing her on CNN and MSNBC. I love Joy Reid, um, who's on MSNBC and, and, and platforms like that. I just think that we have so much talent and, and we really know the culture and know the ins and outs of it because we've been through it. So I honestly would respect and relate to and understand a perspective of a woman of color, um, no matter what race you are, because you know that they've been through at least 25% of what they're talking about. They're not just bringing it from a a, a history book or, or a fact check or anything like that. Like they've actually been through it and have experienced that. So I'd much rather hear those type of stories and experiences straight from the horse's mouth. And in this same arena, speaking of journalists and reporters, how do you feel? Because I see a lot of, um, I see a lot of people who have journalism degrees and who are journalists, who are reporters, and they make Mm -hmm. comments on things like this. How do you feel about a situation like this with influencers popping up now and, um, you know, influencing mm-hmm. is such a big thing. But now influencers are getting a lot of these journalist gigs and these reporting gigs yeah. that, you know, um, yeah. that people with the actual, you know, um, degrees and things aren't really getting. Like, you know, right. someone someone uh, like my like, I mean, you know, not I've just throw myself out there instead of throwing somebody else out there. But I don't have a field mm-hmm. in journalism, but I may because mm-hmm. of, you know, whatever reason they may have me interview um, such and such 
for this for this company as opposed to having like you per se does that like do you right. do, do you see this happening and how do you feel about that when you see it happen or or it doesn't matter yeah well i feel i definitely see it happening um and i think i'm i'm, I'm 50 50 on this is uh, on the flip side again if it makes sense i think that i'm not against it like you know Steph, you you've worked with the Cavs and, and literally has such a great influence in like the sports media world. Right, right, um, right. I would totally, I would totally watch an interview with you interviewing LeBron or so. I would totally watch that. Right, but right. then on the flip side, I think I, I read a story a few months back about um, this influencer that they hired at a radio station to do like their, their main interviews and part of journalism, especially when you're trained in it, um, you automatically do research. It's kind of like a second thought to you. Like, you don't right. wait to the day of. It's like, okay, <clears throat> boom, me. I have my subject. I have my beat. Like, already my my head is, is going crazy with different things I could research about them um, that is not the most normal thing. So I think I, I heard a story a few months back about this influencer um, that they, they had interviewed Meg Thee Stallion and um oh yeah i know what you're talking being, about yeah just being yeah just being a meg the stallion fan i already kind of followed up um b- before this interview just being a fan and i actually think i had to do a piece on her um i just followed up just with initial research to find out you know not only did her mom pass away and long story short the, the influencer a radio host or whatever you want to call it um, ask Meg how she, how her mom feels about her success. Right. Now, one, she didn't know that Meg's mom just had passed away. So, and I, by the way, the- you should know that. Like, if you're in this industry, right. like she at the time, it, it wasn't like she wasn't anybody. She was very popular, not as popular as yes. right now because you know every day she gets bigger. But she was, she had you yes. know a big old freak was out and all that. She was a big right. deal right. and. The passing right. of her mother was a a thing. People were talking about it. Like yeah. you, ha- yeah, yeah. So yeah, and and just someone. I mean, that just comes with like that's just that's what I'm saying. Like I think it's 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 something that's embedded in us as journalists, and, and I know a bunch of journalists who feel the same way. Like as soon as we get a topic, whether we have to write about it that day or a month from now, like we're instantly researching and like jotting little things down. Like okay. So this, you know, the the influencer they had interviewing her, not only did she not know that her mom uh, had just passed away, which is super insensitive, she also should have known that her mom was an artist in her own respect. And that's where right. Meg Stallion got a lot of her influence <clears throat> from and a lot of her, her confidence and a lot of her uh, motivation from because her mom was an artist as well. And her mom definitely had some hits on the radio. I don't think she was as big as Meg is now. And I know she's in heaven shining, um, shining on her and, and helping that cause. But again, this is something that we would have known right. if, you know, the right person had the job. So I didn't know that, by the way. So that's why you're good at yeah. your job. I had no idea her mother was a, you know. Yeah, like, she, she um, definitely was an artist. She was a songwriter. She helped Meg with her early hit. Wow. Um, all that type of stuff. So Have you interviewed um, Meg yet? You know, I haven't. Uh, Uh-oh, here we go. We got to make it happen. We got to make it happen. Yes, she's on the list. And I really would love to talk to her because I just love, 
you know, her spirit and how she just embraces herself and just a wild and free spirit, but she's still smart. She's a very intelligent woman and she is all about self-confidence and being natural. I, I just love her. But anyway, so back to your question, it, it, it's 50-50 for me. I feel like it has to make sense. If you're going to hire an influencer who doesn't, who may be popular, but doesn't really have her, her foot on the pulse of culture, you may run into things like this. Or his foot, or his foot. To, or, right. <laughs> you, most, you may run into <laughs> instances like that where they're not prepared, they don't know, or they just really don't have their ear to the street. Now, on the flip side, if it was someone like you, Steph, who, you know, a, a highly intelligent man, but who also has been in the industry and right. who also has been around you know these sports figures and you probably know them personally and you know a lot I, that totally makes sense totally. Right, 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 so I, right. I think i would have to be 50 50 split on that yeah I, I like what you said i think um when it comes to things like that i think you have to like you said you have to choose the right person like i would do i would do you know i would just keep it simple like we're doing with you or, or with someone i have a relationship with, with like sports figures or you know hip-hop artists right. or anything like that but right. like I wouldn't be necessarily so comfortable interviewing, um, a, uh, you know, uh, um, your governor Cuomo or something like that. Like that right. would be like, right. why would you, why would you have me interviewing him? Right. Because I have a yeah. bunch of followers, you know what I'm saying? So I see a lot of that yeah. happen. And some of, some of the yeah. interviews and reports are like, they're cringeworthy. I'm like, yo, why? Like, I know she's yeah. popping. I know she's popping yeah. and, or he's popping and, but like, come on now. Like, I don't want to see this. No, but no one wants to see this. Hire somebody that can, you know, really get the job done. So we, we, right, we, right. we kind of have so, the same so opinion I, on that. Right. I just urge people just to do their research and really like, and those people who have that hiring power to really just look at somebody's track record, look at how long they've been in the industry. Like, did they just pop up on IG with a hundred thousand followers like two months ago? Oh, okay. No, maybe someone with a smaller following count has been working in the industry, has these contacts, knows right. these things. Maybe we should hire her to get a better quality interview that still may honestly do the same amount of numbers as some, as to someone with a high follower count who this interview may go viral because they fuck up. Right, right. Very, very much yeah. so. Now, speaking, you haven't done Megan Thee Stallion, but um, if you had to, without, you know, no one's going to get mad at you. So you can say your favorite person you've interviewed thus far, who has it been? I mean, I've seen um, you've done Currency. I love the picture with you and, um, was it was that Eddie Murphy that I'm thinking about right here on offhand? That was. Oh, I love, I love, like that's, I love that picture. You've done Diddy. Um, you've done 50 Cent. Like, who is your favorite um, interviewer, you know, uh, person you interviewed thus far? Yeah, I think it would have to be. Well, I have two. Um, my my best interview was with The Rock, uh, Dwayne Rock Johnson. What's the difference and between best and, like, best as opposed favorite. to favorite? Yeah. Why, why best? Yeah, so my favorite, best because he, we had a really good conversation. And this was when um, there were rumors. Well, he came on, uh, we did a press junket for his movie. And he broke the news to me that he was um, considering, lightly considering, a presidential <clears throat> run at the time. Oh, so wow. that interview, 
kind of went viral a little bit and um, we talked about that and we really got into, um, I think the movie was Baywatch at the time, but we really got into, he was part of the music production of for that movie and he was telling me, you know, um, just how important he really wanted the music to be to this movie um, just because the music is closer to him. Um, and, you know, he, Biggie was on that soundtrack. Diddy was on that soundtrack. I think they had like, I can't remember who, who the other one was, but it, it was some, it was some people on that soundtrack and he really got into it with me about how he wanted to be a part of um, doing the score for that movie. And I really appreciated that because, and also because I was a huge, huge, huge WWF fan, like oh, wow. I had the rock posters in my locker like me my dad and you're my liar. brother my you're dad liar. My brother and i you are yeah, lying no, you I'm didn't have to, the rock my dad and my brother locker. and i literally used to sit down that used to be one of like our rituals we would sit down and watch this is pre-wwe this is the no i noticed you said wwf yes. i heard the f so I yes kinda, that's what i, I said kinda, wwf like <laughs> yes, no, we um we used to literally sit down, just the three of us. That was kind of like our dad activity, and we would, like, literally watch WWE. I think it, I mean, WWF, I think it came on, like, every Thursday. We would literally sit down and watch it and, like, watch it all night. Um, so I was a huge, huge, huge The Rock fan, and it's just his humility as a person, Steph, is so amazing. Wow. Like, he is this massive figure in our culture no matter who you are white black blue or green you usually know who the rock is whether right. that's from wrestling whether that's from movies uh fast and furious literally you by by you know seeing him you know who he is and when he came in i mean you can compare this to my my prior story he was 15 <laughs> minutes late as opposed to three hours and he came in so apologetic he came in asking, does anybody need anything? Um, what can I do? I'm so sorry. It was tra LA traffic. Like literally was the That's sweetest, amazing. most apologetic person for being 15 minutes late. Like 15. That's amazing. And I'm used to people being late. Like I'm used to celebrities being late all the time. <laughs> he was 15 minutes late and just came in so apologetic and so humble. And that's why... I think that was my best interview. Okay, now, my now, favorite, favorite interview, it was also the same day as Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy's an icon, and I love speaking with him. Um, he was very cool, calm, and collected, which was a cool, uh, surprisingly, it was, it was a cool thing about him because, you know, you just expect Eddie Murphy to just be off the wall and off the chain. Right, right. But <laughs> right. he was very... He was very calm, and we got tidbits of him acting up a little bit. So that was great. But my favorite interview, it was that same day, was with um, Mike Epps and Wesley Snipes. Oh, wow. Dual interview. And, yeah. Wait, and for what, they, wait they were, what was Mike Epps and – hold on. Let me think if I could think. Mike Epps and Wesley yes. Snipes. It, it was a Netflix movie. Oh, okay. it was a Netflix movie. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. But it, it was Dolomite. It was Dolomite, the okay. story of Dolomite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and that you're story, right. Yeah, no, that's a good, it, it was that's a, a good great show. Movie. No, it is, it is. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good movie. It definitely got some. Um, it was, a, it was more comedic. Keyboard. It was more comedic yeah, than it, I thought it was going to be. So it was right, great. I liked it. Right. Yeah, and Eddie Murphy did, did an amazing job. He was one of the producers on the film, and it got some NAACP Image Awards. It got a few 
uh, awards and nominations. But yes, so uh, Eddie was by himself. I got some time with him. And then uh, Wesley and Mike Epps, uh, they were paired together and just sitting down with them. It was my favorite because I laughed the entire interview. Like it's <laughs> Mike Epps was already one of my favorite comedians, like after Bernie Mac, RIP. But RIP. Oh my goodness. I could, I was crying, like about to cry my eyelash off stuff. Like it, it was, was like really that. bad. <laughs> it, I, I'm just like, y'all, I have to get through this interview, but they are just cracking so much jokes with me, with each other. Like it was the funniest thing. And it really meant a lot to me because a lot of the times these comedians are funny on screen or funny, but just sit, sitting down, they're not too funny. So See, does this still uh, live on the I, internet? Can we still see this right now? It is. Uh, All right, you perfect. can you can see it. Uh, you can go to my YouTube page, and then I'll also um, there's a clip of it on my Instagram. Um, but yeah, like oh, talk about funny. Just talk about like humble and like Wesley Snipes had on like a silk scarf and sunglasses, and he was talking <laughs> shit to Mike. And Mike was talking shit back to him. And I'm just sitting there like, damn, these are two legends. Just really talking shit in front of me. Like, I'm just not sitting there. Not like, even there. You know what I, they like, Sydney, you know what I mean? I'd be like, yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Like, so this, so these, that, these are press was, junkets? That was my favorite. Is that a press junket? Yes, this was at a press junket. Um, but when you hit... Uh, a certain point in your career, a certain status or whatever you want to call it. They give you a lot more time and it's more right. re relaxed. Um, so I, I had a question about text. I had a question about press junkets because I have no idea what they are or how they come about. So I see them and it was okay. like, I saw a, a very random one, you know, Vic, Vic mm -hmm. Cruz. I saw, I was watching, yes. I was, I was watching something the other day and he popped up mm -hmm. in what I think is a press junket interviewing somebody about this new show uh, uh, uh movie about to come out or something like that and i was wondering oh. and then I, I you know i decided we're going to do this um this show i was like yo let me ask her this how does that work now these is this a thing where it's like you sitting right across from them and then it's like a step mm -hmm. and repeat of the movie in between you guys and it's like you're in like a little right. like one little room and like so yeah how does that right. first of all how does that come to fruition what is that yeah so basically um uh studios that's really who who's behind press junkets so you have warner brothers you have paramount uh netflix um hulu um studios and, and broadcast networks usually set up the press junket so um they have a new movie coming out that they want to promote or they have a new show coming out that they want to promote they'll set up a press junket where basically they get the actors and actresses in these new films and in these new series to sit down with the top journalists from um, around the world uh, a lot of times. Um, so in my early years, it used to be, you know, when you're first getting your start, sometimes it's like a sit down round table where each talent will move from table to table and talk to different journalists. But okay. it would literally be like five of us at a table. Oh, wow. But as you progress on, um, and I've been blessed enough to do so, um, you start getting one-on-ones, and these are where you'll get uh, five to ten minutes to sit down with these people, talk to them about the film, talk to them about life, laugh with them, cry with them sometimes. 
Um, and these press junkets could literally happen all over the world. So, so far, um, I've literally been sent everywhere in the country um, for press junkets. I think my most recent one before coronavirus hit, we were in um, Tennessee. Wow. We were in Memphis, Tennessee um, for The Banker, which is a movie with Samuel L. Jackson. It's on Apple Plus TV. But the movie, it's very good. If you guys want to check it out, if you have Apple Plus, it's a very, very good movie. Uh, you know Samuel's funny as shit, and he really Hilarious. plays a character. Who He plays such a character that's kind of close to his um, his, his, his real-life uh, personality, so I definitely enjoyed oh, that. Wow. But they literally will send us. They had this particular press junket because the movie is about um, the, the first black uh, real estate and uh, banking executive. Um, it's a very interesting story. I didn't even know the story, but it's a very interesting story just about how we started to obtain uh, properties and, and, and uh, you know, get involved in, in the banking industry. Um, and it's about these two black guys who started it. Um, and they, because it had a historical context, they had the press junket at the memorial museum where um martin luther king got shot oh wow so yeah in, in tennessee so that was kind of cool for me so for the journalists you know the top journalists that they they invite out they have these experiential um uh productions basically just for the journalists so like they had they walked us through this whole museum you know they showed us where where he got shot and and really talked about that and then we went back to the hotel and they fed us and everything and then when we came back time for the press junket it's this huge activation and um you know it's just awesome to see uh, and i like a lot of the times where they do that um another example they sent me to mexico city they sent me to london wow um, they sent They've sent my partner to Brazil. They've literally, it, especially if these movies had either geological or um, historical context, they'll usually do these press junkets in those areas. So, for an example, um, when I went to Mexico City, um, they shot, it, it was for a scary movie. It was for The Nun. I don't know if you saw that, but it, it was no, very scary. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> but, I don't like scary movies at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. You can imagine my experience, but a part of this this film, they shot in it an abandoned convent in the middle no of way. Mexico. No, no way you had to go so, do a press junket in the abandoned to, convent. So let me tell you, they, no they had to stay in at the St. Regis in downtown Mexico City. It was beautiful. They put us up. We had beautiful rooms. They're like, all right, y'all, we all got to go on this shuttle and go have this experiential uh uh, activation before you guys do your interviews. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's do this. Didn't really read the details. Uh-huh. See, that's your fault. Up, yep, that's my fault. We end up really taking a shuttle about an hour and a half outside of Mexico City. Uh-oh. Up in the mountains. Uh-oh. Um, your service cut off. It's raining. Oh, and no. here we pull up to this abandoned convent. And they do the premiere of the movie in the catacombs of the convent. <laughs> so for anyone who doesn't know what catacombs are, it's a place where they used to bury people. That's crazy. 
That's insane. So here they have it. We go in there, and there's crosses upside down, and there's this huge screen, and they have actors and actresses playing these, like, uh, possessed nuns, and they just, it's like Fright Fest. Like, they oh walk God. around, and, <laughs> and they're just, I'm just like, Lord, I had my, my cross on my on my on my chest and I, I'm just like Lord and there was I got some holy water because I was not playing. I'm not, oh, I'm that's not playing. But, <laughs> but that's again it, it, it had a it had a, a context to where the these production houses and these studios really like to make it a whole experience. And that's probably one of the most um, enjoyable parts of my job. Aside from speaking to all these amazing people, it's really going through these experiences and, um, and, and, and really kind of just expanding my palate. And also, I'm a big travel um, person. Well, speaking I, um, speaking of traveling, I wanted to switch gears. I was yes. going to say I love the fact that what you, what you do, you love doing, but it also has um, allowed you to you know see the world and i was gonna speak on you being this amazing traveler now do you pride yourself on that is this something that you you do on purpose or you know it's just like another one of your things yeah it, it definitely has been a passion of mine you know i've been blessed um since early childhood my parents have traveled with me and they've kind of instilled um the importance of traveling just because you literally, like, I feel like I've become more of a well-rounded person because I've been all these places and I've seen how these people live. I feel and the I, same I've way. Embraced them. I've embraced them. I've talked to them. I've just been in their element and taken myself out of my element. Um, so I've been, I, I've been blessed to be able to travel. Um, I got with, we have, I hope everyone can check out Black Travel Journey on Instagram. Um, my partner, Sydney Danielle, founded it. I came on as easy, so you're two Sydneys. Uh, you're two Sydneys. Yes, yeah, two Sydneys. Two Sydneys. Okay. Uh, Sydney Danielle and Sydney Michelle. <laughs> she founded it, and I loved her uh, her her platform. And the mission of Black Travel Journey is to diversify the face of normal and international and influencer travel. So what we were seeing was a lot of these brands and even a lot of these countries, the tourism boards and stuff like that, they would sponsor huge influencer trips um, and you would own like revolve and so on and so forth. And you would only see a certain demographic of people, usually white, usually white girls. uh, Yes. Usually a certain (laughs) build, you know, hot white girls. Let's say that. Um, That's all you would see. So Sydney launched the platform to be able to gain enough traction for us to start um, doing these trips and diversifying the the face of travel. So I loved her mission and I came on with her. Um, She wanted me to come on, I guess, as the extrovert. She's kind of like an introvert. She's very good with the numbers, with the planning and all that stuff. But I clearly like to talk to people. So um, (laughs) I was able to help. (laughs) I was able to help, you know, bring my contacts from the entertainment industry, from the music industries and, and really connect them with travel. So two years ago, we launched our influencer, uh, um, experiences and we've literally brought all types of people to all types of places um, rappers artists um, literally anyone you black uh, color influencers literally anyone you can think of 
Um, you know, we've taken some some rappers down to, let's say, Honduras, where, you know, these wow. people have never seen sand and beach and, and culture outside of Miami. You know so what's crazy like, about that? So I grew up, um, you know, east side of Cleveland. I grew up in the hood. And I talk about this all the time. Like, I've, I've mm-hmm. been blessed. One of the greatest things that I've been able to do is travel the world. I love that God has blessed me with the ability to have been able to travel the world over all of these years and to see, you know, different different lands, to see different people, yeah. um, experience yeah. different cultures, different foods, and all of that. But I know some guys, yeah. like, that grew up with me and just, you know, from the hood or my hood or whatever, and from any hood, that, that mm-hmm. makes so much money, so much money, mm-hmm. and been making so much money since we were kids, but have mm-hmm. never, have never left the city. And if they do leave the city, it's like to no, no disrespect. I'm not travel shaming, but it's somewhere like Vegas, Vegas or Miami. And it's like, right, yo, right, you have enough right. money and wherewithal to go see the world. Why not do it? Right. Exactly. And that's kind of what we really, again, no travel shaming because I love a good Miami trip and I love, love a good it. Vegas Shout trip. out to 11. Have you ever been to yeah, 11 right. to like, uh, have. have you ever been to 11 to like nine in the morning though? Have you done yeah, one of those and nights? I've, got, I've gotten the breakfast. And, and, oh my God. It's so it, good. It, it was, it was slamming. It was oh, slamming. So, so <laughs> no hate to Miami, no hate to Vegas. But again, it, it goes back to what you were saying. Like, um, I don't want to say who because I don't want to put him out there. But it's it's a, a rapper who was at the time emerging. Now he's definitely on like everyone knows his name. But um, he had never he's from Baltimore and he had never seen sand or any type of culture besides African American cultures except when he went to Miami. So wow. you know there there he was able to ex, um, experience the Spanish culture, the Cuban culture. So when we took him to Honduras, it was a little tough trying to get him to acclimate, <laughs> you know, like, okay, let's try this food. I'm, I'm you sure know, he's not going to, I was about to say, I'm sure he wasn't going to eat. That's the first no, thing. I'm and, sure. and, and, and no shout out to him because we overcame this. Now my man oh, will wow. eat anything you ask him to. And he really, <laughs> nice. he really um, thanked us for really broadening his horizon, but first day he's like where's the chicken fingers and fries i said sir we are in honduras there is no chicken fingers and fries there might oh be some God. roasted chicken on the side of the road that is amazing but he's like no nah, i'm not i'm not eating nothing but da-da-da. let me tell you Steph. by the end of that trip we had him eating fish we had him eating cultural dishes and, oh nice and really it, it was amazing because, especially in Honduras, there's a part of Honduras uh, that is uh, is the Garifuna people, and the Garifuna people, uh, most Hondurans, they're definitely people of color. Um, a lot of them speak Spanish, and a lot of them look Spanish, but the Garifuna people um, are a direct descendant of the slaves. Um, oh, from wow. West Africa. So it's literally like you're in paradise and we literally had an ex- excursion where we took everyone to this part of uh, Honduras where it's only Garifuna people. And when I tell you, they look like just like us, like all types of complex complexions. A majority of them were darker complected, which it was very surprising to most of the guests that we brought because we were just used to seeing spanish looking people and spanish speaking people so there you have these people there's actually a video on my instagram you guys should check out and they're playing the drums the steel pans 
Wow. Uh, they're having piece of African food. Uh, it was just such an amazing experience. I'm like dancing with a little kid. I'm like trying to learn the dances. And <laughs> eventually said rapper really got up and like embraced the culture. And that's just really like what warmed my heart. And that's by the end of the trip, he's like, yo, like, thank you. Like, have that's a totally out, different outlook on life right now because of y'all. Like, I want to go everywhere. So that's kind of like why we do what we do. And it's, it's become a big passion of mine. And um, even now, in a time, and we're in quarantine, um, we had so much trips planned upcoming for the summer, for fall. But, of course, we can't travel right now. So right. It, it sucks. Totally big, sucks. Yeah, it, it was a huge bummer for me. And I got kind of in my feelings and depressed, and you know, because things weren't moving. But my partner and I came up with our new Instagram live show, which um, is called Around the World with Black Travel Journey. And it's basically much, a virtual... Much better, by the way, much better name than African American Club. <laughs> Listen, I told you that wasn't by choice. I told you that wasn't by choice. But yeah, you guys definitely go check it out. Um, it's called Around the World with Black Travel Journey. Um, I'm the host, and we basically interview celebrities, influencers, and travel gurus all from their respective states. So, for an example, our first kickoff episode was with uh, the iconic actress Cheryl Lee Ralph, who you guys oh, know wow. her from Moesha, the mom from Moesha. Yeah, love her. Um, literally love her. Criminal Mind, Cinderella, everyone knows her and her daughter, and they were repping Jamaica. So they told us everything we needed to know about Jamaica. Um, following that, we had um, Young Paris, who's a, a dope recording artist, who his father actually started the ballet of the Congo. Um, and he's from the Congo, so he spoke about the Congo. And then we had Nigel Sylvester on. I think he Shout out to Nigel. Yeah, shout out to my guy shout Nigel. Shout out to Nigel. Um, first pro BMX athlete to make the Forbes 30 and the 30 list. He's also from um, Grenada. And he talked about his experience to travel to Grenada. So it's kind of a way for us to still travel, but we do it virtual, virtually. And it's kind of a way for me to, you know, keep my game up, keep my interview skills tight, but also talk to these people about their experiences. And it's like a virtual tour guide. So when we can hop on the plane and go somewhere, y'all know where to stay, y'all know what to eat, y'all know what to do, and y'all are getting it straight from the horse's mouth. So And once again, that's uh, black that's black what is it called? The, the IG the Instagram. Black Yeah, the IG is Black Travel Journey, one word. And our show is called Around the World with Black Travel Journey every Monday, Wednesday and Friday at two PM Eastern Standard Time. All right, so everyone make sure you check out that. Now without I want you guys to, you know, and I'm going to check it out, of course. I want everyone to check out Black Travel Journey. But I want you to give me a couple travel do's and don'ts just for anyone that okay. may not be as acclimated to traveling as, you know, you and I. So what are some of your travel do's and don'ts? First do's. What are some of your, Give me okay. three travel My, do's. Okay. My travel do's is one would be. Do your research. Do your research outside of having a resort experience. Now, I'm a lover of nice things. So when Me I travel, yes, I, love yes. to stay, I love to stay in the resorts. However, that will literally just be my home base. Right, so what right. we do, you guys definitely need to go out and 
see everything outside of the resort because that's a lot of the times where you get the culture and you get the experience and you get to learn. But you can be naive and naive American and going to do that. So that's yeah, yeah. why I say Watch out in Brazil. Research. Right. Do your research. Find <clears throat> out a good tour guide, a good tour company. You don't want to just go with my man's on the side of the road who said he'll never you around. That's never. not what you want to do. You want to find a good tour company, a good tour guide, maybe someone, find out, talk to someone who's from there, who has family there, that could really help you get that off-the-resort experience. So All I right, would that's, say, that's I one. guess that's two. So it's two. So do do your research okay. and do go off-the-resort. Okay, and what's the third one? <laughs> Give me one more, do. And then do, um, <clears throat> I mean, just the, the normal things. Do be, be too, just be cautious. It's like Ameri in America, you know, if you're wearing a gold chain, iced out gold chain, and you're walking around, even in the hoodest of hoods, it's a, maybe a 5-10%. It's, it, it's more normal. You'll see more of it, and it's maybe a 5-10% to 10 chance that you may get your chain snatched. Now, <laughs> when you travel to a third-world country, you don't want to do that. And again, What's the percentage? Give me a percentage. Give, give me a percentage of chain snatching so in a third-world country it, as opposed it, to here. It, it, it's like 65 and over. Only because not to say that not to say that that um, they're bad people or anything like that. But you guys think this is a third world country, so as risk as snatching your chain may be, that can feed their families for right. months, for right. months. And like what's like you, a, a seventy-five gram, a seventy-five gram fourteen karat gold chain? You know, like right. Yeah. And and even me, like. <laughs> I have. I, By the way, that was I'm a joke. Not, that was a joke. You didn't get it, did you? You didn't. You I didn't. Have you? I didn't. Have you seen Black AF yet? You haven't seen it. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, I get it. I get it. I, now I, you I, get I, on. It just, it's not good if I gotta tell you where to get it. God, you were supposed to know that. I, I was so, thinking about that. But yeah, like when my man, he had to jump in the in the ocean to save his wife. I take all the chains. <laughs> just, just leave that stuff at home. Again, I'm a lover of nice things. So I have pendants, you know, iced out diamond pendants uh, uh, that will that will go on my chain. However, if I'm okay, we know you get money. Kind of we know you get money. You ain't right. gonna do all of that. All right, geez. no, no, no. I'm just no, saying, I... <laughs> I, iced out. I don't mean like the big ones. I mean like the tiny ones, like the tiny cross. <laughs> I'm, just my tiny earrings, I'm just messing my with you. I'm just messing with My tiny earrings to match, but <laughs> you know, in, in a third world country. I may just wear the chain. I may take the diamond pendants off. I'm not saying that if you you can't wear any jewelry, like unless you're in like the slums of like Haiti or something like that. And I could say that because my father's Haitian and and I've seen it. But unless you're in like a horrible war torn war ridden area, you can wear your gold, you know your your small gold chain. I, what I suggest wearing. The diamond pendant with that and the diamond earring, no. I have, so, I love, I love nice things, but I'm going to take the pendant off. I'm going to just go with my small, um, light gold chain because I like to, to wear jewelry. However, so, 
It's just being smart. Just be so smart. That, I, that I'll, dude, I'll wrap that up. That's my last dude. That dude is be smart, which can also be a don't. So don't wear right. the gaudy stuff. So give me two more don'ts right. when traveling. Two more don'ts. Okay. Don't um. Don't be offended by people who stare or may have never I like that. Um, experienced seeing a person. Because again, when I've traveled, you know, to Asian countries, um, you know, some of the people that we've traveled with are maybe, let's say, like six, four, just normal guys. They could be right. rappers or artists or athletes or whatever, but they're not basketball players. They not even six, four, like six, one, but to people in Asia and Thailand and Singapore who have never seen these type of people except for on TV, the they the definitely, giants. they're like, basketball, basketball. Like, they're right, right, right. They they almost treat you like I don't know how many times I got called Rihanna, and it's like <laughs> as amazing as a compliment that is. I was it like, is. Hey, hey, yeah, Rihanna, I'm Rihanna, yeah, yeah. But I didn't I didn't take an offense to it. Again, it's like it's it's like you know they see a darker complected tall person and they call him Michael Jordan. So right, right, right. don't take offense to that. Because, again, it's just people they've never seen, you know, uh, someone who looks like us just walking around leisurely. If anyone, they've seen it on their TVs or they're seeing, you know, they'll go to the, the government buildings or whatever. Um, and and it'll be like that. So don't take offense to small infractions of just ignorance. And it's not negative ignorance. It's just, it's just ignorance. pure ignorance. Yeah. I have, right. I, when I went to Europe. Um, uh, Santorini to be specific and Santorini is a very like it's very liberal they have all different types of people there but I, I love Santorini one, one guy was fascinated with my box braids um, and the person I was with at the time he he was just looking at him almost taking oh, so offense for me because so this is a uh, this is a vacation, is what you're telling me. This this sounds like a vacation. Um, yeah, this is this, this is a, a vacation. This is this a vacation. Still, no, I it's said still bay. Travel. It's, vacation. Yeah, it's, uh, no, no, no you, it wasn't a vacation. It was. You tried to you tried to sneak you tried to sneak you tried you you legit tried to sneak a Santorini Greece trip in like it was just <laughs> with a with somebody like it was just no, no that's a vacation. <laughs> It is you unless you live in Egypt or you live in Greece somewhere close to right. it. It's a okay. You came from New York. We, we can call it what it is, but <laughs> we're not gonna get into All right. So <laughs> but, your box braids. <laughs> oh, this person, this person was fascinated with my my braids, and you know at the time I had the really like thin long ones, so they almost looked like hair. I had like the curls incorporated. It was real cute, real cute. Popping, popping. He was just so fascinated with them and he's just asking me he doesn't really speak English but he's trying to ask me what I believe he was trying to ask me one if that was my real hair two if it's not like what was it made of and he kept on referring to a rat's tail now (laughs) right now I could have caught offense to it 
But I know he wasn't trying to be offensive because he had his wife. This was probably a couple in their mid to late 50s. You know, he had his Speedo on and, you know, they just look like an average European white couple. And he's over here calling his wife over asking if she can get those in her hair as well. (laughs) And I'm just like, you know what? That's when I knew it wasn't offensive. But the guy I was with at the time was ready to knock his head off because he thought he was being offensive. There was a point that he actually went to go grab Touch your hair. hair. Oh, God. I knew you were going to say that. And I'm just like, I I did get offended. But again, I travel so much. I know it's, I can tell the difference between racism and, and them just not knowing. Right. So I, I'm very good at picking up those, those undertones. So, um, and I knew that he wasn't trying to be offensive because he was asking, could he, like he was saying, like, my wife, my wife, I want on her. Like, I want them on her. Like, so nice, so nice. So. And the guy that you were with, had he was rightfully rightfully yeah, so getting I mad. Mean, I mean, the guy, he was yeah, interrupting his, his vacation. The man's trying to have a vacation yeah. in Santorini. <laughs> He got his yeah, bay with him. He trying to have bar. a bar. It's okay. He was just fascinated. And you know what? Let me um, stop. Let my, me stop. The person I was with at the time is from Southeast DC, so they don't play that. And okay. He, yeah, he was just like, what the F are you doing? Like, what are right. you doing? Like, one, one, one last like, no, note. It's okay. Like, he's, oh, he's just very intrigued, and he's very, like, He's never, I guess he's never seen braids like these before that, I guess, look so natural, but you know they're not my hair. <laughs> yeah. Again, try it. My don't is don't take automatic offense. Now, there are going to be times that I, that you're going to run into some sort of racism. I've definitely run into that in my travels to London and things like that. But don't automatically take offense when it comes to foreigners. Because no, you know what I've seen? Time, they're just ignorant. What I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to um, cut you off, but what I've seen, what I've experienced is every every time I go to Paris, the Africans look at me crazy, like they want to rob me. Yeah. African Africans, I'm like, yeah. yo, I'm yeah. I'm I'm looking at y'all like we're people. They're looking at me like, nah, yeah. you're not like you're not like us. Nah, you're not, they don't like yeah. Americans. They do not like Americans. I'm, don't I was like literally like, th- there's been times where I've been like, yo, by the Eiffel Tower, and I'm like, yo. I might have to fight. Like, why are y'all staring at me like this? Like, yeah. I thought we were good. Yeah. So, so I think I, that would lead me to my next don't. Um, don't be outrightedly vulnerable. And this goes back right, to right. the whole chain and jewelry thing, but it also goes further than that because it kind of goes back to the do of do your research. When you get to these foreign countries, you need, as soon as you touch down, you need to know where you're going. You need to know who your ride is going to be. You need to right. know every type to get you to point A to point B. Because people run into trouble when they look vulnerable. So if you get down, touchdown, let's say uh, Young Paris, he's a Rock Nation artist. He was just talking about he's from the Congo. He was like, yo, if you travel to the Congo, it's a beautiful place, but they are grind- they can be grimy. You need to know where you're going, who you're going with. Literally, when you're waiting for your bags, call them. Have them waiting outside. Just don't let yourself look too vulnerable right. because that leads to people thinking they could run up on you, people thinking they could rob you, people thinking they could uh, hustle you, you know, a, a, a $20 taxi. Some people will try and charge you right. 60 
So so definitely it goes back. Don't look too vulnerable, and you can not do that by doing your research and just having your travel plans in order. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm excited to see you guys travel show now. Now, would you ever? My last travel question before we get up out of here. Would you ever? <laughs> and I'm I'm actually uh, following a young lady, African American young lady. Ah, oh, she might be African actually. She's black. Mm-hmm. Let's just say black mm-hmm. woman that I'm following on mm-hmm. IG. She um she has this whole thing about black women and traveling alone. Would you ever travel to a, a foreign place alone? Yeah, so that's that's one of the topics that we, we cover on our show as well. We like to ask all of our guests what their opinions are on traveling alone and then traveling alone as a woman. Um, and for me, I've traveled alone. I went to Mexico City for the press junket. I mean, I was with other journalists once I got there. But it's really, again, doing your research. Like, there are some countries that have high rates of women trafficking, women sex trafficking, and things like that, um, that I necessarily wouldn't suggest traveling um, alone unless, again, you have somebody, something that Paris mentioned, young Paris mentioned, um, like, when you go to the Congo, like, they'll, if you look vulnerable, if you look like you don't know what you're doing, they'll they'll try they'll try right. it like they'll try right. and get you to come in a, in a certain car or or get you to you know take a certain route and, and even in places like Ghana and Nigeria, um, which are very progressive um, African countries, but they have you know they those kids on the side of the road will try and hustle you, and if you're a woman. Um, there's certain times, especially at night that you might not want to go out by yourself if you are traveling by yourself. Um, but I never try, I always try and, and say, if you want to travel by yourself as a woman or just a man, woman or whatever, just do your research to have your, your ducks in a row, because that really will help you in your experience. Now, as a woman, I don't suggest traveling alone unless you know someone there right? or you have some, some sort of contact there being like you're there for a reason. You watch watch the twenties on BET. I I started watching that. I did start watching that. Did you see the last episode last Wednesday? She traveled to Paris. I Uh, I didn't. Check that episode out. I wish I could actually have you ever had experience like that. But (laughs) once, once you see the episode, Once you see the episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely check that out. But, I mean, Europe, again, Europe can be tricky, too. But Europe, it, not so much. I know people who have traveled there by themselves. Um, I actually went to London by myself, technically, for for a press junket. But, again, it, it's having my ducks in order. I had my driver ready there waiting for me. You know, like, so I checked in to my hotel during the daytime. Um, It's just planning out your schedule so you don't run into too much risk. But I always say, I try not to advise people not to travel. Like if you want to travel solo, travel solo, but don't just hop up and go anywhere without planning, without execution and things like that, because that'll leave you in a really risky situation that you don't want to be in. Poor planning always leads to bad situations. Yo, Sid, yes. thank you so much. 
this is great. great. Like I'm really, I'm really glad we figured this out. Um, yeah. You know what I, you know what I'm going to probably do. I mean, this we're still rolling on the podcast, but I think I want to like do something on my IG live with you tomorrow, so we can talk okay. about this before we drop it. So we'll be on IG live, and then we'll drop okay. this after the live, and we can go over a couple of things that we did. But once again, Sydney, my amazing friend, um, celebrity journalist, celebrity reporter. Make sure you guys follow her on Instagram at Sid S I D. Mitch, M-I-C-H underscore. Is that your same on Twitter as well or just? Yeah, same on Twitter. S-I-D-M-I-C-H underscore. And um, anything you want to let us know that you have coming up, you know, in the works on your, you know, especially with your, your newfound solo endeavor. And what, what word didn't you like? Freelancing um, yeah. in, 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 in your works by yourself, for yourself. Um, anything that yeah. we should be looking out for? Um, definitely you guys just check out, um, uh, around the world with black travel journey. It's my new baby. It's kind of my creative outlet, um, during this quarantine time. It's not exactly quarantine radio, but, um, it's, it's a, it's a great, uh, platform for people who are really itching to travel. And as soon as we can, you know, it's literally like live tour guides and this isn't, it's not Yelp. It's not travel advisor. It's really live tour guides from your favorite influencers celebrities and travel gurus and then what we'll do is bring these these interviews that we do we bring them to life so once it's time for us to travel you know miss cheryl lee ralph is going to take us through all these places in jamaica that she told us about nigel's going to take us through all these places in grenada that he told about um so definitely check that out every monday wednesday friday at 2 p.m on um black travel journeys instagram uh spelled like it sounds and yeah, once society returns to normal, I'll be back in the um, entertainment interview space, and, and hopefully I get to, um, I have a, a thing I call bucket list interviews, where I have like a, a set of people that I would love to interview, and, and I've been blessed this far to check a couple people, like Eddie Murphy, like uh, 50 Cent, like The Rock, like um, Mike Epps, and uh, Octavia Spencer, the Taraji, like the list goes on. So I've been blessed to check those people off my bucket list. So hopefully once things return to normal, um, we will be able to, I'll continue that journey. And I hope you guys can follow me on that. Uh, this yeah. is amazing. I'm actually on black travel journey right now. This is, okay. this is Thanks. beautiful. Oh my God. All Thank of these you. beautiful black Thank people you. and these, this yes, yeah, diversifying is... the way people see travel. So that's, Wait, that's our on. goal with the Where's Mac Woods at right now? Or right, Carnival Tips. Okay, shout out to my guy Mac. Oh, he, he was in Antigua. Yo, shout yeah, out to Mac. we took him to Antigua. Um, he had a great time. We had a great time. We took him and, and, and Tatiana, who was um, America's Next Top Model model. Had a great time with Mac. Shout out to Mac. That's my brother. Um, and yeah, Steph, we got to get you on one of these trips, man. Uh-oh, that's what I'm talking about. I can't wait till we get back to being able to travel. Yo, Sid, love you yes, so much. Sir. This was great. Love and, um, too. I'm going to, um, yeah, we're going to do our IG live thing tomorrow. We're going to figure that out off of this call though. Okay. All right. That's the best. I, Steph, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be a friend and friend of everything that you got, that you do. You know, I'm always support and always watching and always proud. So, keep doing your thing and um we'll, we'll get to it we'll 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 set up a trip and, and we'll take our trip and and we'll really do some things once 
everything gets back to normal. So I'm excited. Maybe, maybe Black Travel Journey can make a trip to this Cleveland count or no? Yeah, it does. I, I, and actually, uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. And actually, it's funny. No, no, I'm dead serious. It's funny enough. There's going to be a week now that we've been extended uh, for coronavirus. It, it, we're going to do a week where we do U.S. travel. So, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, on my list. Yeah, we're, I actually had you on my list for Cleveland, and you know uh -oh. we'll get like. Miss Diddy for Cali and Nessa okay, on okay. Air in New York. Yeah, it, it's going to be cool. We're going to do, because, you know, we have a lot of international followers on our on our uh, platform on Black Travel Journey. So I was just like, you know, we always talk about these international countries, but it would be dope to kind of someone, you know, there's definitely yeah. a big travel market within the United States. So we'll yeah, talk we don't travel that. shame. All that. Yeah, we don't travel shame. <laughs> All right, I'm going to talk to you later. Thanks again. All right, thanks, Steph. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye-bye.